Hello and welcome to When Church Stops Working, a ministry podcast for the secular age featuring Dr. Andy Root, produced by me, Derek Tronscard. Now you might be saying to yourself, hey, isn't this podcast New Time Religion? And yeah, it is. Uh, But we have some exciting news around here. First and foremost, we have a new name. This podcast is now called When Church Stops Working, because really that's what this podcast is about. It's about doing ministry in a secular age when the old ways of doing things don't feel like they work anymore. And of course, Andy has all kinds of ideas about why that is and how we got here and what's coming next. And so we thought this name would paint a clearer picture of what we're actually doing here. It also is the title of a book coming out by Andy in a few months, but uh, we also wanted to match that up with the podcast. Now, as for the show, uh, not much is going to change. Just the name, but we have one other exciting development, which is point two in the exciting news department, and that is that we're going to be regular about releasing episodes. Every other week, in fact. We're both busy. This isn't our full-time gig, but we've heard from lots and lots of folks that this podcast brings value to them and their ministry, and so we're going to commit to recording more and releasing more episodes. And all of that is thanks to our new sponsor, Baker Publishing, who publishes most of Andy's books. They like the show. They're great supporters of Andy's work. And so Baker is helping us in that as well. So a huge thanks to them for sponsoring this podcast. So with this new name and this new focus, this week we wanted to start off by digging into this question of what does it mean when someone says the church isn't working anymore? What does it mean if ministry leaders feel like it's all on their shoulders to revolutionize everything and keep this church afloat? Is that actually true, even though it feels like it, or is there another way to look at it? So to answer this question of what does it mean when the church stops working and to kick off a new season of this podcast, here's Andy. You don't have to bounce around Protestant church life very much to have people say something like the church just isn't working. Um, or even like I was as one place once and a person said to me like, um, you know, the church has got to change and it's got to change fast or there will be no church anymore. And essentially uh, asserting that there will be like no Christianity anymore. And I think really what they meant even beyond like no Christianity, like the, those living by the confession that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is no longer dead, but alive, that will all disappear if we don't get our shit together. And at one level, like, I guess it's all right that people feel a little anxious or or that anx- anxiousness kind of points to some investment. But at another level, man, like that could not be more catastrophizing than I've ever heard. You know, like if your little Lutheran church in uh, the west western suburbs of Minneapolis doesn't get its crap together, then – there goes there. There goes Christianity. It's for all over. There it is, goes, it's there goes on my shoulders. Right for two thousand years of history, it's on my shoulders to make sure we can right. pass it on to the next generation. And yeah. of course, to give those people the benefit of the doubt, they'd come back and say, "Well, oh, I know it's not just one, but the problem is, look at our denomination, or the problem is, look at you know evangelicalism in America right now, or the problem is, look 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 at look at Protest, uh, look at mainline Protestantism for the last you know three decades. The problem is, the whole thing is about to, to, to implode." And I guess I there's this uh, there's this church blogger that I read 
Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily like him, so I'm not going to say the name, but maybe people can figure out who I'm talking about. And like every month, one of the blog posts will be like, these are the 12 things that you need to do completely different in order to make sure that your church has an impact to the next generation. But like, it's like basically turning everything upside down. And then the next month, it's everything in that last one was wrong and you got to do this. And But there's just that sense of like, man, as church leaders, like we have to be Steve Jobs and keep reinventing the wheel and being these revolutionaries and and, and, and if doing you, everything and if different. You don't, and if we don't do that, it's it's, gonna it's all, all over. You know, the the, the company is going to go to zero in a second. You know, which is we are Memorex making cassette tapes right. in an iPod world, but then someday the iPod will be replaced to do with the iPhone and right. so on and so forth. Yeah, we're all we're all just Dunder Mifflin selling paper and selling <laughs> paper yeah. in a paperless world. But yeah. honestly, it it kind of sucks. Like it really sucks feeling that pressure all the time because like I didn't get into this because I wanted to be Steve Jobs. I, I got into this because I just wanted to love people and, and do sermons and Bible studies and stuff, you know? Yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I wouldn't take away people's urgency. I, I, I don't think, you know, kind of leadership wise, that's the way to do it. But I do think we have, we have to recognize that such statements that aren't just made by kind of lay people who are anxious. They're made by pastors and bishops and people like that all the time. That those, that those are really catastrophized phrases. You know, like if the church does worship the God who is God, and if the confession is that Jesus Christ has overcome death and is now alive, um, mm, the church is, the church is going to continue. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if we, if we want to get more specific, your, your denomination or, your kind of what about my retirement package? Is yeah, that your be retirement okay? package, and even like the the programmed uh, the programmed impact of your congregation in your community that may be at risk. But let's you know let's just be really clear that when we say that the church isn't working, what are we actually saying here? I mean, there there can become an easy kind of sense of like. Um, well, it, it, we, we could just extract God out of it and be like, well, because we haven't done enough, um, the church isn't working and we better figure this out quickly and we better we better find our creativity and we better actually get some pastors who do their, their job the right way and we better get seminaries who actually know what the hell they're doing or else this whole thing is going to gonna fall apart. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the statement when the church stops working could be taken – as catastrophizing and it's a perfect title for a book that's going to be more for lay people because i think this is one of the anxieties that lay people have but if you're a pastor you know that's really complicated when someone says to you the church isn't working um it i don't know i mean i guess like analogically it would be like you know like your kids saying things like you know um, I just don't like this family anymore or something like your teenager kids saying it and you're like what does that even mean like specifically what is going what isn't working what what do you mean you don't feel like you belong in this family anymore or this family isn't working like talk specifically and we have a hard time with that and there is something really interesting I think in a, in our moment and just life within the church and within Christianity that we we feel like something is amiss but we're not sure what it is but we then run to all these frameworks that end up enforcing the imminent framework like the issue is that people aren't coming or the issue is look at our budget or the issue is that people have different identity constructions that the church isn't really dealing with and it hasn't dealt with and historically it's 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 done, not done this and even some of those things you wonder how true 
are those? You know, like you'll have people often say like the problem with the church is it's unwelcoming. It, it hasn't, it doesn't welcome people. And clearly there are a lot of experiences of people who have felt distinct forms of being excluded within faith communities. But my gosh, you spend enough time around mainline Christianity and, and there's a lot of inclusion here. And yet it still feels like something isn't working, you know? Um, on the broad on the Broadway, to me that I love the title because it's kind of a clickbaity little title, like I said. But also because I think we could see it another way. And when we say the church isn't working, or uh, when churches stop working, is I do think, and I don't want this to sound like pietistic or naive or something, but part of the objective here, I think, is that the church is working too hard. Um, in other words, we're feeling like it's uh, we have to solve the problem, that we have to figure this out. And there is this lack of being able to take a breath and wait and to make the objective here to care about the conditions and the temperature of the relationships in the community and the way that we help people as a community take on frameworks to discern the living God. a little bit of echo of the Reformation here of there is a way we encounter the God of Jesus Christ, the God of the cross, when we stop working, when we enter into kind of, I'm really moved by this, this part of Luther where Luther really thinks that the, that the kind of way of life is a passive way of life and that we enter into a kind of passivity. And so I, you know, this is something we could tease out more in this podcast as we go, but what would it mean to pastor in a way towards passivity? And for Luther, passivity doesn't mean kind of sitting on your hands and not doing anything. It means taking on a very frame of life where it's about reception. It's about receiving something. So works become such a problem for Luther because they get in the way. They they, they enforce a kind of via activa in our lives, so a way of life that's all about activity that we go so much, and this should echo those who have been listening to this podcast, Heart Mount Rosa a little bit, that we accelerate, we accelerate, we accelerate, that we end up not being able to receive. Um, and then we keep on thinking, we got to work, we got to work, we got to work, we got to work to keep up, to stay on that treadmill. And so in some sense, I think the faithful place to go is stop working, not to do nothing, not to take a vacation, but to actually enter into a disposition of reception, of receiving, receiving each other's humanity and community, receiving the act and word of the living God, um, to receive life out of death, which is at the core what the church is about. And I wish that's what people would say. I wish when people were say the church isn't working, they would say the church isn't working because we don't see here life coming out of death or we haven't experienced, or we have no stories of life coming out of death. Usually what they mean is like, my kids don't like coming. Um, the preaching is average. Um, there used to be more people here, like you were saying, like that's what's not working or people just feel deeply discontent in their own lives for multiple different reasons and don't know why the church isn't fixing it or something. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, when the the church stops working, the church ends up in a disposition to receive and to be a community that receives one another, that receives children 
Um, and this is why both Bonhoeffer and Luther in his own way put the child as such a central dynamic. You know, for Luther, it always goes back to Jesus Christ as the baby in the manger who receives, receives the love of his mother, who receives being taken care of. And, you know, in the crass way Luther talks, like gets his diaper changed, receives the gift of a, you know, a, of a new diaper. Uh, but for Bonhoeffer, there's this deep sense in his own ecclesiology that the child reflects a church that is a community that is moving beyond being an obsessive working community to a community being with and for one another where it takes children into its life to receive. And that's why, to me, like baptism of infants in front of the congregation is taking us all into a way of life of reception, of receiving. Um, and I think that becomes really deeply important. It's no wonder people feel so discontent because they just the church can't keep up with the acceleration on all other levels and it feels like it's falling behind and people feel like their lives are falling behind and they just feel like if we just could do more if we could just master the via activa and we could just go 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 uh we would catch up and it's not it's not it's not gonna so at that level when the church stops working it's because the church lacks enough creativity the church lacks enough energy and I don't know that you could, you can ever solve that problem. I think there actually is a, a, a beautiful gift of stopping and maybe the, the gift, I don't know how we do this with people, but people, busy people usually want a church that's busy and demand a church that's busy. And when that busyness doesn't meet the desire for meaning that they wish, they say it's not working for them. And I don't know how we switch this, but you would think really busy people who can't escape an economy that demands busyness out of them would want to come to a community where they can stop and just receive and just be. And that's a really uphill struggle for pastors, but I think we have to start taking on practices to do that. We have to remind people of that. Um, and we have to ultimately remind ourselves that God is responsible for the church. And we have a lot that we have to steward and we should take responsibility for. But uh, it does not help to catastrophize. And uh, the church isn't working. Um, maybe we don't need to work, but we need to receive God's grace in the midst of that. And that's not to be like, oh, uh, a kind of cotton candy um, uh, naive. But it is to say that there's something a deeper, uh, there's a very different way of living when you're in a, in a state of reception as opposed to a state of acceleration. What this conversation reminded me of was a story. Uh, when I was training to be a pastor at seminary, uh, we had to do a summer of what's called CPE in the Lutheran Church, where basically you're going on hospital visits all summer, and it's teaching you how to do pastoral care and counseling. And one of my very first visits was a young boy who had cancer. And uh, it, was a, it was a pretty mild form of cancer, so all he had to get was, was chemotherapy. But basically, I had to go visit him one day as he was receiving chemotherapy. And so we were sitting there, and, you know, it was in the, the chemo place. And so all the other cancer patients were in there getting chemo. And I was very, very young and very unseasoned and, and very anxious because I just hadn't been around cancer much before. I was pretty green. This was like one of my first hospital visits everywhere. And so just my anxiousness and my anxiety and all that— Basically, I just talked 
the whole time as this poor kid is sitting there with the chemo drip in his arm. And I am just talking and talking and talking and talking and telling him all about my summer and all the plans that I have because, again, it's just coming out of this place of anxiety, right? So as you can imagine, I, this visit gets done, and I'm thinking, okay, that wasn't so bad. Uh, supervisor looks at me later and it's like, Derek, you just you got to shut up. Like your job is to listen. Like you are not the one that is supposed to be talking in that scenario. And so, of course, I mean, this is seminary uh, pastoring 101 uh, in, in those visiting situations. Active listening is the name of the game. But what's interesting, at least for me, uh, is that active listening, man, that's hard work. And it's so uh, against every instinct that you have when you're in those situations to, to just shut up and listen. And so what really struck me is when you were talking about it's not a passive thing. I don't think active listening is either. It's not a passive thing. Like you have to mentally focus and you have to really be intentional about doing it. But again, I think that's in that same vein of what you're talking about, that maybe churches should be actively listening rather than just doing stuff and and talking all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And there is a great invitation um, yeah, to stop all the work. But we really do kind of believe as Americans that, uh, uh, well, we just, as, as Protestants inside the Protestant work ethic, that, uh, you know, hard work's the most important thing. And, uh, you know, especially when you're up against a crisis, that you better work hard. Um or else you're, you know, you'll have deep regrets. But there's a, there's a kind of backwardness, in, a beautiful backwardness to the gospel here, which is to stop, to just stop and be. This podcast features Dr. Andy Root, and it's produced by me, Derek Tronsgaard, and it's brought to you by Baker Publishing. Andy has lots of great books out by Baker, including his most recent work, Churches in the Crisis of Decline, which can be found on Amazon or wherever else you get your books. If you like this show, please give us a good review on iTunes and tell a friend or two about the show. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time for another round of When Church Stops Working. <laughs>